Hey folks, Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Roth Revenue Podcast, the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing Series. This episode features one of the true legends of sponsorship marketing, Andrea Shaw, founder and managing partner of TTG Canada, which is comprised of sister companies, TTG Partnerships and Torque Strategies. Andrea, who was recently inducted into the SMCC Hall of Fame, has negotiated over $1 billion in sponsorship deals over the course of her career. Prior to founding TTG Canada, Andrea was Vice President of Sponsorship, Sales and Marketing for the Vancouver Organizing Committee for the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games, better known as VanOck. Andrea led the team at VanOck that oversaw the longest domestic torch relay in Olympic history and generated over $760 million in sponsorship revenue, an amount that was, for its time, unprecedented worldwide for Winter Olympic Games. Prior to her decade with VanOck, Andrea developed the landmark group Pacific into an industry leader and ran her own successful strategic sponsorship marketing and communications consultancy. Andrea is deeply invested in the community and currently acts as the inaugural board chair of Destination BC and sits on the board of the BC Cancer Foundation and BC Women's Hospital Foundation. In this episode, Andrea shares how she got her start in sponsorship marketing, working for CIBC, abandoning plans to pursue a career as a nurse and a ski instructor, insights into the early days of the Vancouver Olympic bid, and some of the different hats she wore throughout the process. The evolution of TTG, which started from Andrea's kitchen and now has 26 employees across offices in Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary. A glimpse into the leadership style of her mentor, John Furlong, who drove the Vanock team to unprecedented heights. We also discuss Andrea's role as a mentor in the EY Women Athletes Business Network Mentoring Program. And of course, we talk about the 2010 Olympics, some of the partnerships, and how that once-in-a-lifetime event impacted our respective careers. Andrea also shares her philosophy on partnerships and some inspiring professional and personal development advice. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Roth Revenue Podcast, follow me on LinkedIn, visit RothRevenue.com, or check the Roth Revenue feed on SoundCloud. What led to getting into the field of sponsorship marketing? Was it a, a, a funny break? Uh, did you try and get in? Did you seek it? Did it seek you? Yeah, that's an interesting one, Gavin. I had I barely knew what sponsorship marketing was about, um, and I was actually living in Ottawa, having resigned as a high school teacher, and I'd had a little health fitness consulting company there, and I was actually moving to the West, which was my dream since I was about 14, mm. um, to teach skiing, having been a competitive skier at Whistler, and to be a, a nurse, which uh, I had been prior to my oh, wow. high school career, um, so I had a job as a ski instructor at Whistler and a nurse in the Atco trailer at the base of the... So I was on my way. I was moving. Mm. And got a, a out-of-the-blue call from CIBC wanting to interview me for a sports marketing job. And I barely knew what it was. Long story short, cut my teeth at CIBC. Tremendously lucky. So I abandoned those plans to move west because when they started to talk about what that job entailed, which was, 
you know, at the time, the Toronto Blue Jays, mm. the Women's National Alpine Ski Team. And when, when would that have been, roughly? Was that? Mid-80s. Okay. Mid-80s, so I'm really yeah. dating myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the Jays were, yeah, in yeah. flight by then, yeah. So um, I, I turned my plans around and, and headed to Toronto from Ottawa and cut my teeth with CIBC, which was a brilliant experience. Um, so I got the corporate side and then was asked to move west, which my dream of moving there finally came true, cool. to open the western office of, of Landmark Sport Group. So that gave me that agency experience and stayed on that side until I went to the Games um, in 2001, which was the early days of the bid. Um, and stayed there for 10 years. That's so. right. When I read it, 10 years at, at Van Ock, yeah. it, it made me pause because you don't think of it initially to an outsider. You wouldn't think of it as a 10-year project, yeah. but it is. It, it was. It so 2001, was. eh? 2001 through. Wow. So... What were the early days of that? Like, what was your focus mm -hmm. at, at, in 2001, 2002? Was it mm -hmm. just, like, getting people? Was it yeah, a well, vision? Well, I'll tell you, prior to that, I was on the advisory committee of the domestic bid because Vancouver was up against Calgary and Quebec City gotcha. on the domestic front. Once they won, uh, Vancouver won, they started the bid. So very much what Calgary's going through with their bid yes. is to get the support of the people um, and produce a bid book, plans that are going to be an amazing Olympic and Paralympic Games. And that was from 2001 to 2003 when we went to Prague to present our, mm. our bid plans. So I was there from the, when the lights went on, mm right through the bid, through the games, until the lights turned off in 2010. And was your role at that beginning stage always set to be around partnerships and marketing, or did it, or was that like wear whatever hat, yeah, and, well, and then transition, you transition from there? Actually, I was really honored and, and fortunate. I was VP of communications uh, both international and domestic strategies okay. from a communications That's standpoint. a great role to touch everything. Because yeah. communications folks, right? Huge. You have your hand on every decision, yeah. Yeah. right? Very, very exciting. So you did uh, that little project, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. But um, um, And then transitioned from the from Van Ock into TTG. Um, we were talking a bit before we came online about just the evolution of that business, TT, where you are now, and kind of where things are going. We know it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's a challenging market, right, to develop partnerships. So just maybe talk a little bit about the evolution of TTG and kind of where you think things see opportunity. Yeah, well, it's it's exciting. I can't believe we've been at it for eight years now. Um, we turned the lights on. We turned the lights off at the games, and we opened up. Um, TTG Canada in my kitchen with four of us, wow. uh, three of us and an intern, and we knew what we wanted to do. And what we wanted to do was take the amazing learnings. Vanock was like a learning laboratory with what we went through to raise the money we did. So my passion about a year out from the games was I, I had to take these learnings to the marketplace. And my passion was about elevating industry standards on both sides of the fence. Yeah, yeah that's 
damage. So both on the property side and on the corporate side, that to this very day is what I wake up and get excited to, to do with share that, both yeah. our companies. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting. We've grown from there. Um, TTG Partnerships was our original legacy company of the games, which focused on um, partnerships on behalf of, of properties. That business is now diversifying into commercial optimization, so beyond sponsorship, helping properties create new revenue streams that they might not have thought about. I like that. Very much needed revenue streams, I'll add, whether that's licensed merch programs, whether that's registration programs, whatever it is, we help them open up, cast their net a little wider. Memberships, things like that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then in, in 2014, we opened Torque Strategies. Mm-hmm. We were doing that kind of work before, but it was under the halo of the Olympics, so people weren't aware we were doing it. And Torque Strategies is all around strategic marketing initiatives, primarily with brands. Yeah. And that company has grown literally doubled year over year since we opened that up. So it's exciting, yeah. you know, and if we can continue to elevate industry standards, everybody wins. And as our vision you articulated in the intro is everybody wins and ultimately our communities win. Excellent. Well said. Um, you know, mentorship is a big um, uh, big thing for me, uh, whether it's mentors I've had or just finding the time to mentor um, uh, you know, younger folks who want to get into the business. Um, what are your views on mentorship? Maybe just talk about uh, mentors you've had, um, mentorship you deliver. Because yeah. I know you, you do some work, as I said in the intro. Uh, it's, it's hugely important. You know, when I was growing up, we, the word mentor wasn't yeah. around. No. I'm dating myself again. Anyway, <laughs> you know, in hindsight, my father was my mentor. Well said. But yeah. through my career... So. Um, through my career, there's not a doubt my biggest mentor in all my careers. I've had, I've had a few, yeah. but the greatest of all was, without a doubt, John Furlong. Wow. He pushed us as a team and me and I as an individual to do things we never believed we could do. That's great leadership, isn't it? It's amazing leadership yeah. and critical on a project like the Olympic oh, yeah. and Paralympic Games. Yeah. Absolutely critical. Yeah. So I have been very fortunate um, to have excellence was, I have a saying, and I've had it for years and years, excellence isn't an ideal to strive for, but an expectation to be met. And John really made us as a team realize you can push beyond what you think is excellence. I've always thought that in retrospect, it might be tough in the moment. Um, You've had... When you look back at great leaders you've worked with, and you know, it's tough to call them bosses because the great leaders don't mm-hmm. come off as a boss. But it's always it's those people who just pushed you to to get beyond where you thought was possible. Um, and it's a they they have a they have an ability to do it in a certain way that just gets you motivated yeah. and behind it, right? Yeah. And then you come across the ones who 
it's just it's that's an art and some don't have it yeah. right so John clearly had it in spades yeah. unbelievable yeah. you know you walk through the halls of Anok and I would say nine and a half out of ten people in our organization knew what our vision was yeah that's great leadership yeah, well said where the vision and values are embedded in the DNA of everybody yeah. that worked there. Um, I, because I, I, it just caught my eye in your bio about the EY um, program, uh, leadership program. Talk about that. It just seemed to me to be quite an important one. Well, And I'm, I'm a father of two, two yeah. daughters, right, uh, 18 and 20, so I always perk up when I see that yeah well it's really important um i feel very fortunate to have had the mentors i have i love giving back to young um first and foremost the people that work in our organization i want to push them in a good leadership positive way to be better when they leave our doors if they leave our doors mm -hmm. um than when they came in and that for me is a huge passion but beyond the doors and the walls of our company um, certainly is mentoring young women, young men. Yeah. Um, and so the EY program was a fantastic program. Um, and I had the fortune of, of uh, mentoring Rianne Wilkinson, which mm -hmm. was huge. Um, amazing. So they pair people up, They right? pair. So yeah. if you're a member of the IWF, you're paired up with an Olympian past or present gotcha. and you help them uh, with their career growth plans that's awesome so it well, it's an amazing program because you often see that these amazing that's the one thing that and you you saw it up close better than most but these 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 Olympic athletes are uh, a rare breed right oh. they're they're so um, from a, such a young age, they're so driven and goal-oriented and have all these amazing tools, but then once their competitive careers come to an end um, and father time is, mother time is undefeated, um, unless you're Roger Federer, I guess, but um, you, you, you then, what do I do now? Yeah. So having somebody to help them map out that next, which is where you often see them struggle, right? Absolutely, that Gavin. Yeah. Absolutely. It's that, that transition, and they've got the tools, yeah. having been an yes. athlete, but it's such a shift um, in their thinking of my future. Very, very different, mm -hmm. and to help them navigate those plans is, is hugely rewarding. Good for you. Um, let's talk about um, partnership sponsorship programs. Um, and I like to hit on two here, two areas. Um, something you've really had a hand in, you and your team, um, and then something you've just admired from a distance. And just a little bit about why you identify these. And we'll talk maybe, ask, I might ask a question or two about them, but uh, maybe sure, start sure. with something you've been close to yourself. Yeah, promising. I think. The proudest, um, it mm. goes back to the, to the, you know, one of the most powerful brands in the world is to be, be as custodians of the Olympic branding and Paralympic branding Canada yes. to have built a team to raise the sponsorship we did is without question and have the partnerships that we did. I mean, they were amazing partnerships. Um, that... That is, without question, without a doubt, the, the proudest uh, program that I've been 
involved with, and a subset of that, and you mentioned it earlier, Gavin, was the Olympic torch relay. Yes. You know, that was something that um, I'll never, ever, ever uh, really believe the power of what happened to our country through that. With the likes of RBC and Coca-Cola, I mean, they that partnership was magical again from coast to coast to coast, and it 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 absolutely walked the Olympic spirit through every house and home in Canada. So, without question, without a doubt, those are the most powerful ones that still give me goosebumps talking about no it question. today. And so, Coke and RBC, and I remember that very well because we at the consortium we were then yes. tasked with bringing it to the the yes. you know the visuals of that to yeah. Canadians um, how did um, how did Coke uh, and RBC get those did they have those rights in their respective IOC and COC uh, agreements that said torch relay asset is actually ours? no okay and that's the power of the torch so they're now, a little bit different. Coke is a top sponsor. Yes. What they have in their contract was a first right of negotiation for the torch relay. That's, that's okay. Given their history of being involved in the sure. torch relay for many, many Olympic Games. And domestically, we had to open the rights up. Gotcha. So RBC um, put their foot in with many others to be the second presenting sponsor. You yeah. were only allowed two. And RBC rose to the occasion, and wow, did they do an amazing job with us. And do you remember, um, last question on that, just what were the key, whether it's metrics or objectives that they were, either one of those, or maybe both, were looking to achieve from it? Because the natural halo effect is so powerful. But was there a a business building or brand building component um, to it that was also at the center for either of those? Huge brand building, um, particularly RBC who had branches from coast to coast to coast and such a natural fit. Rarely do you get a product, a program, a property like a torch relay that absolutely connects with every single one of their communities. I mean 96% 96% of Canadians were within a one-hour drive of that torch relay. Okay. Like, massive. So it allowed RBC to absolutely dive into the tentacles of their communities. Yeah. So that brand building, the passion, the loyalty, the emotive that it evoked yeah. uh, was truly amazing. Um, and that was one of many metrics. Yeah. They did an amazing yeah. job. Well said. Um, Talk about something maybe from a distance you've admired. You know, we don't always build it here, right? And But there's so many great programs out there. Anything stand out? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure many things stand yeah, out. Yeah, many things stand yeah. out, and I look at this stuff daily. Um, and we at the Games, we were committed to quality of partnerships, not quantity. And we set out right at the get-go saying we would not have any more than 50 domestic sponsors. And we set the tiers, a maximum of, of each tier. Yeah. And we knew that we could only be as good as the company we keep, yeah. we kept. So we were very, very particular on the partners we brought in. And to this very day, I admire 
you know, the Wimbledons of the world, yes. the Augustas of the world, where, as you know, the Masters, yes. the maximum of five partners. Yes. Yeah. So it's very much these 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 um, properties that bring on partners that align obviously with their event mm-hmm. but with the athletes that play the golfers yeah. and yeah. I think Augusta with their vision with their mission right everything yeah. is aligned yeah. Yeah. and that allows for an amazingly powerful product yeah. not dissimilar to what happened in the games yeah. had we not had that kind of strategy I don't believe we could have been as successful without the partnerships we had. Yeah. I know we couldn't have. Well said. You know, it's something I talk about a fair bit in my uh, training seminars, training workshops, because I ask everybody who comes to come with, uh, in advance, send me challenges. Mm. And one of the challenges I get is we have too many partners. And it's something you we've always noticed from a distance in any property I've worked for. Um, um, it's always been a struggle. And there's a... A philosophy that there are some partners you want. It's called the care philosophy. You want to. There's some partners you want to uh, keep. So care with a K. Excuse my spelling, but that's the way things are now. Nobody spells well. Um, there's some you want to acquire. There's some you want to uh, reacquire, and there's some you want to expand. And it's this whole thing of of. Some, some, sometimes the best decisions are to let go, right? right? And, right. and what we often lose sight of, um, and you would have known this at Vanock, is the, 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 the tax on your service team when you have too many partners. And, and if a partner can't, can't get the most out of a, a program and be service well and activate well, well, they're not going to want to come back. And your service team can't be stretched so thin. So it's something I think every, it's such a great point. Every property needs to wrestle with that. And it's tough when they're saying no to a few bucks, right? Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, and we have that philosophy within TTG Canada, um, is really about the quality of a partnership that will produce the best results, both financially and outcomes. That wins the day, and and you know what it really needs. I think the single most is leadership, yeah. top down belief in that that the the team below is not feeling that pressure to to just make a quick buck with a small partnership right. that could take up as much time as the bigger ones. Absolutely. Right? So right. if the leadership really pushes that, then the team will have the confidence mm-hmm. to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, a great point. Um, Let's pivot to, well, you know what, before we do and wrap on a couple things, let's talk a little bit about 2010. As you say, it's coming up on, you know, it'll be the 10-year anniversary soon and the the magical ride that was. When you think of those magical 17 days, what are some of the the memories? It's, I mean, I couldn't sit with you and not kind of probe a little bit into that, you know, because I remember we, as a consortium, we took all of our 440 of our our, our guests, we bought out the Wedgwood Hotel. We had Brian Williams and Donald Sutherland and Wayne Gretzky all staying there. It was just like unbelievable and going to all those events and, and you know, the, the highs and the lows of those two and a half weeks, right? And But everything just ended on such a magical note, mm-hmm. right? And you were, you were closer to it than anybody. Yeah, you know, again, I've got goosebumps just thinking back because we had some pretty, pretty low days that first week. 
was horrific, uh, and we all know what happened on the day of opening oh, cer- ceremonies. Goodness, yes. um, and it it. I'd be lying if I didn't say it didn't take us down, but I go back to the leadership of John Furlong, who with the executive team, we pulled the team up. And then it was because of that team and that culture and the leadership that we got through the terribly negative media around the world, the lack of snow and having to truck snow in, the criticisms that we got, but you know it, uh, Gavin, the Stephen Brunt oh, essay oh. that says it all. And if yes. you haven't seen that oh. to the audience, yeah. go and look it up because it says it all. And through all that absolutely uh, challenging um, first week with the issues that we had, out the outcome was an amazing event that pulled our country together and made us stronger. And a little more confident and and at the closing ceremonies as John Furlong said you know look back that the Canada that was and the Canada that now is and it did and I think I'm very hopeful that um, Calgary can come through uh, today with a council vote and uh, be something that Canada is proud of once again so well said um, let's wrap up on a couple things. I like to understand what successful people, um, little habits or behaviors that they employ to, you know, to help them be successful. What, 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 what do you do? Well, I think right off the bat, you've got to have a passion for what you do. Yes. And if you don't, find your passion. And I, somebody said to me the other day, why are you still going so hard? Mm. And I said, because it feeds my soul. Mm. So when something feeds your soul and you're passionate, um, the energy comes along with it. But what do I do? I am very, very adamant about healthy mind is healthy body. Mm. So really about, you know, fitness, health, uh, sleep is the medicine of life, mm. just a balance. But I'm a, I, I'll be the first to admit I'm a work hard, play hard kind of girl mm. and, uh, and very passionate about our industry. Awesome. You touched on the last question with some of that, with that passion comment. Um, just, you know, I expect some of the listeners will be either in the industry looking to, you know, become the next Andrea Shaw um, or not in the industry and want to break in because it's such a, an amazing industry. We've been very lucky to, to work our careers in. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you give them? The advice I give to everybody I see, young, medium, So you've been older. asked to give advice before, uh, is right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. And it's just, you got to get out there and get involved. And if yeah. you're not in the industry, get out there and volunteer and show what you're made of. In our early days of my agency before the games, you know, it was the volunteers that showed up and these young kids with energy and passion because... Our industry looks sexy from the outside, but you start where we started and, you know, you're, you're working hard and your sleeves are rolled up. It's not all fun and games, but if you love it, it's okay. So I encourage people to get involved, go out and volunteer, join Sports Marketing Council of Canada and yes. organizations of the like. 
and really, you know, roll up your sleeves and get engaged. Yeah, I agree. So it's, uh, it's it, you know, they say it'll 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 come to you, right? It'll come to you. Well, if it'll come to you if if you put yourself out there and you you just you network and you you read and you you just and I think the key word in all that is be curious, yeah, right? Be yeah. curious. Go out and. And, and seek conversations, seek uh, connections with interesting people, ask questions. You'll be amazed, I think, what people give back, right? Right. Yeah, if you just put yourself out there and you ask. Absolutely. Right? But make your opportunities, right? Uh, I think that's really well said. Well, um, you know, when I started these podcasts, one of the key things was um, I didn't want them to be, you know, uh, too long that people won't listen. I just wanted them to be short and sweet and powerful and and that's what this has been it's been um lovely just to hear more about kind of how you got in and some of your philosophies and chat about uh, vancouver and um i really appreciate you taking the time to do this thank you thanks for including me gavin yeah, it's a pleasure